Hello and welcome to the Social Media Magic Podcast, the perfect podcast for TPT sellers, teacherpreneurs, and teacher business owners who consider themselves to be introverts. Each episode shares all kinds of ideas, tips, tactics, and strategies to help you make more sales and grow your community on social media. Without further ado, let's get on to today's episode. Hello, hello, teacherpreneurs, TPT sellers, and teacher business owners. My name is Brittany Rilenich. Welcome or welcome back to the Social Media Magic Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. We're doing a mini series that's talking about how we can use Facebook groups to grow our email lists. This is super important. You might have heard the stat before that every dollar we invest in our email list and our marketing efforts to our email list, we get a $44 return. That's a 44% or 44 times return, which is pretty amazing. And we don't want to ignore that, especially because organic, which means free Facebook reach and social media in general is lower than ever. The industry standard is one to two percent, which is crazy because that means on average for every 100 followers you have, maybe only one or two of them are seeing your post. And I can see why that would be completely defeating and discouraging, especially if you already don't really enjoy social media, you consider yourself an introvert, you're camera shy, and you're like, I don't even want to be on here anyway. And what's it even worth if it's not working? I totally get that. I do want to kind of challenge it a little bit and say, even if you have 100 followers, if you have one to two engaged people, that's awesome. Depending on how you price your offers and all that, it could still be worth it. And I also want to say, When you have an engaged community, you have a much higher likelihood of the engagement in your audience being higher because they're not just there to engage with you and their content or your content, excuse me, they are there to engage with each other. They are there for the shared vision, the mission, the cause, the community. They're there to talk with other people. So when we can build engaged communities with our email list, with our Facebook group, when we can build individual connections on Instagram that lead to those other channels and platforms, we're in such a good place. So I'm super excited to share this method with you. Let's dive right in. So the first thing that you'll want to do, and really this is before you do any kind of marketing effort, is to make sure that you are super clear on your brand foundations. What do you do? How do you want to help people? Who do you want to help? And how do you want for people to find out about you? Do you want them to find out about you maybe through a podcast and getting on other people's podcasts? Do you want them to find you through your YouTube channel? Do you want them to find you through your blog or maybe a weekly live show on Instagram? That is something we want to think about. We call that quote unquote top of funnel stuff in the social media or marketing world. But you do want to be thinking about those questions. What do you want to be known for? What is the visual representation of your brand? We're not going to go super deep into that today, but it is important because you're going to be positioning yourself in front of other people's audiences and you want to be able to quickly and concisely and clearly articulate who you are, what you're about, who you help people and how you help them. And I know I'm saying that like it's super easy. This actually can keep people stuck for years, especially if you can see yourself helping multiple groups of people or maybe you have multiple audiences. I know quite a few people who technically have completely different audiences and businesses. And while some will say you have to niche down and to a degree, I agree, like in a teacher's pay teacher store or for a blog, it is helpful to niche down for things like SEO, which is search engine optimization. And just so people can get a feel for like your vibe and your mood and what you're about. But you can actually have multiple businesses and audiences technically, as long as you're super strategic and focused with your time. Now, I also understand that I'm speaking as someone who doesn't have kids. I'm at a stage in my life where I can put a little more time and energy into these things. And I recognize that might not be forever. So I just want to let you know that I do acknowledge that. But I also want to say, don't use that as an excuse to not go after what you want. If you know that you want a change in your life, that you want to quit your job, that you want to replace your teaching salary that you maybe want to work fewer days per week so you can spend more time with your kids, if you don't want to come home and feel like you're snapping at your spouse or your kids because you're just so stressed out, 
And I'm not saying you're doing that, but if that is you, then, you know, take what speaks to you. Sometimes we have to be able to sacrifice or be willing to sacrifice some things like maybe a little bit of sleep, which I know isn't a super fun thing to say, or watching TV or relaxing for a little while to get super clear on this stuff. So that way we can speed up later. We slow down now so we can speed up later. Ooh, okay. Got that got a little preachy, but I hope you can hear my heart here. I really want for you to do what is required and be willing to put yourself out there and make yourself a little bit uncomfortable because guess what? These things get easier. All of it does. And today we're really going to be talking about essentially pitching and networking, which I know can be scary, scary words if you're an introvert or if you're camera shy, but you can do a lot of this through text anyway. You just want to be intentional with your words. Okay, here we go. So once you have your brown foundations settled, you kind of know what your niche is, the kind of people you're looking to serve. I want you to identify three to five leaders in that niche. Now we're not doing this so we can copy them or so that we can steal any of their offer ideas or anything like that. You're just gonna do, this is basically market research. You're looking at who your quote unquote competitors are. And let's be real, like it's business, it's a marketplace, we're competing, right? If we each have resources on the three times table for multiplication facts, then we're competing, right? It doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's just a fact. The feelings come from what we attach or assign the meaning to the fact, right? And so it doesn't have to be a negative thing. We're competing. But we also can be collaborative partners. And that's what we're really going for for this. So I want you to identify three to five leaders in your niche. And I want for you to go and see if they have Facebook groups. I do have something to help with this. I actually have this master ultimate list of Facebook groups to join for teacherpreneurs and TPT sellers. A lot of them are groups where you can actually learn like about Instagram marketing, email marketing, things like that. But I do have niche specific groups on there. So I will be sure to link that in the show notes so you can grab that. If you haven't already, it's an ever growing Google doc. So whenever I find new, really good and engaged groups, I add them to that list. So that would be a really great place to start if you feel just overwhelmed by this whole process. But I would say identify three to five at first. And what I want you to do is reach out to those admins and moderators. And you can go by, you can go to the members tab and you can see who the admins are, or you might even be able to look through the featured posts in the group and see who is posting. Are they admins or moderators? Do they have the little uh, badge next to their name? They'll have like a little, usually it's like blue text that says that. And I want you to send them a message. Now, when you send somebody a message on Facebook and you're not friends, it usually goes to their others or message request folder, but I'm going to give you a tip for that. So you're going to send them a message and you want it to be heartfelt. I'm going to give you some copy that you could use, but you know, anytime you have like a prompt or a template, you always want to customize it to match you and who you are, your personality, your brand voice, etc. But basically it's going to be along the lines of, Hey, Amy, I love what you're doing here for your Facebook group. I'm also someone who makes resources for third to fifth grade teachers. I also focus on math and I absolutely love what you're doing with your math small groups. I think it's so cool. I really love math workshop myself. It's something I I really like enjoy in my classroom. I actually focus more so on the mini lessons that we do before we break out into the small groups. And so I can really see us working well together. I think we have content that could supplement what the other one has and then we could really add value to each other's audiences. Would you be willing or open to doing a collaboration? I was thinking I could go live in your Facebook group and maybe have you come be live in mine, if that applies, or maybe we could do a podcast swap or something together. Let me know what you think. Talk soon, Brittany. Okay. Super simple, heartfelt, honest. You don't want it to be too much of a copy and paste pitch because I think a lot of us have received those before and we know when it's forced or when someone just grabbed information and they didn't take the time to really do 
and you like digging, good digging, good digging in a good way. So that's what you'll do is you'll find three to five groups, you'll reach out to them. And what I would also do because of the other request thing is I would make a post in the group and tag them. You should be able to tag the admins and say, hey, I just sent you a message looking forward to talking to you soon. Okay, you can do that in a post or if maybe there's like an ongoing welcome post that you recently joined, you can tag that person, the admin in the comments and then let them know that you sent them a message. That is a really quick way to be able to get around that others message request thing, others message folder. Oh my gosh, I can't talk today. Okay, so yes, you offer to share value with their community and you don't wanna do this until you've talked. So this should be the first reach out. And I just wanna say, don't get discouraged if you don't hear back even if they leave you on red, which I know that can really suck. And it's like, oh, I know this person saw the message, but they didn't get back. But sometimes it's not always intentional, right? Like they're all busy with their own lives too. They have spouses and kids and commitments and school. And if they're in the classroom, then they're also pulled in a million different directions. So sometimes they'll read it quickly, but they don't actually have enough time to sit there and respond. So they get distracted and then they completely forget that they opened your message. It's usually not intentional or personal. So I would say, don't take it personally if they don't respond, if they never see it. Some people don't know how to check their other messages folder if they don't if they see it and they don't respond or if they respond and say no like I'm not really interested in doing that no thank you or if they just flat out say no I mean it can be hard even if they're direct but really try not to take it personally the goal here is to honestly it's a numbers game you're going to send several different requests now you want to make sure that each one is heartfelt but I really want you to think about even if you get one yes for every five requests then that's worth it because that's four or five different groups that you're going to be going live for, that you're going to be sharing value with. And if you really love and believe in what you're doing, if you know that it can support teachers and help kids, why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we put ourselves out there? Just like when we're applying for a job and we submit hundreds of applications, I know that process really sucks. It's not a great example, but we're willing to do it because we can see the possible good in the end result. That if we get the job, if we get a promotion or whatever it is, that it's gonna benefit us, our families, our communities, and so on. It's the same exact thing here. I know there's some mindset stuff that can come up of what if they say no? If they do say no, not a big deal. Just keep asking. I think this is one really big benefit that network marketing has given me. I know that not everybody here is pro MLM. So if you're not, that's okay. But I do want to say it really helped me get over being told no, because you're just like, okay. And then you move on to the next one. And that's just sales in general. Most people are not going to say yes. In fact, the statistic is like 80% say no if you're good at sales. And really all sales is, is relationships and being able to solve problems. That's all it is. So don't let it stress you out because we all want sales and we need sales to be able to have sustainable and successful businesses. And that means we need to have sales skills. It doesn't mean we have to be salesy. It doesn't mean we have to have a certain personality. It doesn't mean we have to be super dynamic or outgoing or gregarious. I consider myself those things, but you don't have to be because I help clients who are introverted like you. You will build skills over time. It will get more comfortable. Some of the most amazing people in the online entrepreneur space, like James Wedmore, Amy Porterfield, they consider themselves introverts. So don't let that be an excuse either. Don't let it keep you from going after what you want. Okay, so even if you're camera shy, I want you to think about this. This is something I've actually heard from James Wedmore. I've done his program, Business by Design. I also love his Mind Your Business podcast. And one thing he's told me that's really, really stuck with me and that's helped me get over the whole fear of pitching and rejection, all that. He talks about this story of someone being out in the ocean drowning. There's lifeguards, but and you look up to them because you're like, well, this lifeguard is going to save them, right? They're obviously experienced. They're getting paid buku bucks to be here, but they don't see it. 
that would be the experts, right? You're looking around probably waiting for someone else to speak on what it is you do in the classroom or what it is that you're good at or the resources you're making because you know your stuff is good. Now, if you don't know your stuff is good, that could be another mindset thing and really look at your products, make sure they are good. But I'm going to assume for the purposes of this that it is good, that it's something that's brought your students success or that you've helped other teachers get awesome results with their kids in the classroom. So we're going to assume your resources are great. So you see someone out there in the ocean drowning, the lifeguards, the experts, they're not seeing it. You look around on the beach, no one else is responding. Everyone is busy with their own lives. Everybody's enjoying themselves or they're on their phone. They're distracted. You are the only one. Now tell me, would you jump in the ocean with your clothes on and save that person? Or would you just let them drown because you don't want to look weird and have your clothes be wet because you wouldn't be wanting to get uncomfortable? I'm going to guess 99.9% of you, if not 100%, would say, I'm going to jump in with my clothes on, okay? Even if you're not the best swimmer, if you're an okay enough swimmer to be able to get that person to safety, because another person's life is at stake, you are going to be willing to swim out there and do it and to meet them. And if you need to bring them to the experts later, the people who are in the ambulance, people who are doctors, you will do that. You can work together. But if you're the one that sees them drowning, you have that personal responsibility to save them, right? Now, I know what we're doing in the classroom isn't necessarily life or death, but it is life. It is life related, right? It's the student's ability to thrive and learn. And we know how important that is. We know how important it is for teachers to be able to thrive, to be able to enjoy their evenings and their weekends and their holidays and not have to be lesson planning themselves and to not have to use really crappy old outdated curriculum that doesn't even work or have to teach to standards like a robot. We know the importance of that. You know the importance of that. And you have a solution for their problem. So the first step is believing in that. And the second one is being willing to do what it takes to get that solution in front of as many of the right people as possible. And this is part of that process. So when you're feeling scared, when you're feeling nervous about the rejection, about reaching out, just consider what, who is that teacher? It's so important that you get super clear on who that is that you're serving. And if you can think of a teacher that's either a coworker at a school you work at now, or if you're not in the classroom, someone you used to work with, and just think of that person. And that's what I do. I do this for, I think about my TPT sellers. I think about this one person who, what I could help her with in her business. Am I the top expert? No, (laughs) I want to look up to those lifeguards and wait for them to save, right? But also there's only so many people doing this kind of work. And there are so many different people in the world. You never know who's going to resonate with your message or the specific unique perspective that you have. Maybe someone else doesn't. So don't worry about what other people are doing. You have to assume that you're going to be the only person willing to jump in the ocean with your clothes on to save them. And that means doing whatever it takes. Once you've gotten a yes, like, yay, you can go live in their group. Uh, You can maybe be on each other's podcasts. You're able to get visible in front of their audience, which means they're also probably going to email their list about you. Super exciting stuff, right? Now you have that the jitters about delivering, about performing, about being on camera. And I totally get that. There's so much we could do about that. I'm not going to dive too deeply into that today, but really it's the same thing, right? You got to be willing to jump in the ocean. Once you have done that, you're going to build that relationship. We don't just want to say, okay, thanks for having me in your group. Bye. No, business is all about relationships. And if you are delivering quality content and you're serving their audience, they're going to want to keep working with you too. Because anybody who runs a Facebook group wants to have constant, consistent, quality, original content for their audience to be able to provide value. And you're a part of that. You're helping them do their mission. And they're going to be super grateful for that. So you're going to look for other ways to work together. If you went live in front of their Facebook group, could you get on their podcast? If you have your own podcast, could you do a podcast swap? Offer something to help them too, help them grow their audience because obviously you respect them and see them as a leader. 
I know that Sarah Whitaker from Podcasting for Educators is a huge fan of this strategy. She talks about it a lot. And by the way, if you do have a podcast or if you're thinking about starting one, go and follow her podcast, Podcasting for Educators. I am not paid for that plug, although I would love to maybe join a podcast network or start one for TPT sellers someday. Let me know if you're interested in that, by the way. Send me a DM on Instagram over at Brittany Relenich. I know that's an impossible to spell name, so you could just find the link in the show notes. But yeah, let me know if a podcast network is something that would be helpful to you. It's something I've thought about starting maybe in 2024, definitely not right now. And if you're listening in 2024, then message me and ask about it. Say, hey, Brittany, did you ever start that thing? Getting on other people's podcasts in front of other people's audiences is so critical. And that's what we're really talking about here. If you have your own group, you can offer to have them in your group. Ask them to come and share. Maybe they have something like, for example, if they're doing the math small groups and you're talking about the mini lesson, but you're both talking about math workshop, that would be a really good partnership for you. That'd be a really symbiotic relationship because you can both support each other's audiences really well. And that could lead to future summits, maybe future bundles where you both contribute something. It could be either a free bundle where you like use it to grow each other's email list, or it could be like a paid bundle where you do like an affiliate commission sale. And yeah, just keep that person in mind because I will tell you it's easy. This is another mindset thing. (laughs) I used to fall into it too. So I have this other girl who I just love and admire so much and she is an email marketing wizard. I'd actually love to have her on the show. So I'm not saying her name yet because we'll have to see, but I would love to have her on the show. And it's weird because I really do feel like I know her. Like we've gone to a conference together. We've chatted so much in the DMs. We, I feel like we're friends and maybe it's just her personality. She's so friendly, but she does so much for teachers. She's been a teacher. She has such a big art for teachers and she knows email marketing in and out. So I'd actually love to have her on the show. Anyway, so I have this person I would love to have on there, but for the longest time and maybe I still have a bit of this because I look up to this person I consider that they are like bigger than me or further ahead than me or more important than me I don't know what it is we all have that right we all have someone that we really look up to that we would love to work with but we just don't know if it would be worth reaching out to them because we don't want them to think we're stupid or dumb or I don't know whatever those things are coming up for you I understand because I've had that too but I have been just so pleasantly surprised at when I ask and then she's just being willing to work with me. And you just never know unless you ask. And what's really cool too is you also never know what they're going to get from you. So like when we were first starting our businesses a couple years ago, at least the one that she has now, I remember that the Facebook group that she has was not as big. It was maybe about the size of mine at the time, like a few thousand people. And so we were really getting in front of each other's audiences, which was awesome. And it wasn't just about getting in front of those people. It was about serving those people, right? So I had a lot of teachers in my audience who were looking to grow businesses. And so she was talking about email marketing and that was my business, my mostly my travel agents in the travel space. And I was sharing with her audience about starting a blog and my journey with that, how it turned to a tour company, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so we got in front of each other's audiences. We added value and it's really like built this relationship over several years. And now what's really cool is her group has grown to like, I think she has like 40,000 people in her group, something wild like that. It's just really cool. Like you'll never know. Like she was grateful back then to be able to get in front of someone else's audience. Now she has a much bigger audience than me now, right? So yeah, it would be different me going and asking her to get in front of 40,000 people versus when we had the same one. Of course, that's a consideration, but you'll never know if you don't ask. And that's what this really comes down to. And that's for anything, anything that you pitch, whether you're going to have a summit someday and you want to have sponsors that pay you to be able to advertise in your group, to be able to pitch to summit speakers. I also have someone I'd love to have come on talk about summits. Okay, I'm getting a little distracted now, but my whole point of this is to get in front of other people's audiences. It's going to take getting uncomfortable, being willing to do those things. And I promise if you are willing to do the things that other people are not willing to do, you are going to have the results that nobody else is going to get to have. 
I'm going to say that again. If you are willing to do the things that other people are not willing to do, you are going to have the results that most others will never have. And that's just the truth. So I'm super excited for you to do this. I would love to know if you actually did it. Let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram. Let me know on my Facebook group. If you need help with this, because I know it can be a little bit of an organizational task, I actually have a tool in my Teachers Pay Teachers store. It's called the Groups Facebook group scheduling tool. And it's something I actually use to manage my content in other people's groups. So if I've gone live in there before, or if I'm looking to build a relationship with the admin, I will actually share valuable content in their group for free with their audience. I'm not pitching my freebie. I'm not pitching a paid offer. I'm not pitching my podcast, just value. And you might see me doing this. You might see me doing this in groups where the main audience is TPT sellers and teacherpreneurs, because obviously I do want to position myself as somewhat of an expert with Facebook groups, but also I want to help people, right? Because I think the unique thing about my business, at least this one compared to other things is this is actually not my core income stream and that's fine for me. I really do see this as an act of service because I do like social media and I do like marketing and I want to help. And if it grows into a massive business, then cool, that would be awesome. But really that's not the main goal here. The main goal here really is the impact and sharing what I've learned and hoping that helps you. So yeah, I hope that tool will help. I hope this podcast helps. I'd love to hear your thoughts and I really hope that you go and do it. If you need the copy of the message to be able to craft your own message and pitch to those group owners, you can go to the show notes and copy what I have. Make sure you just personalize it from yourself, make your pitches from the heart and you'll be good to go. Don't be scared of the no and don't fear the rejection. Just know the rejection is going to come, but it's not personal. It's not about you. And yeah, happy pitching.